Either you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And up next, director, producer, and photographer Jay Silverman is standing by to join us. He produced a film that was just featured at the Newport Beach Film Festival called Girl on the Edge. And I did have the lead actress, Taylor Spreitler, on the show several weeks ago. Recent awards have include uh, Best Actress Award for Taylor Spreitler and Best Cinematography Award for Andrew, Andrew Russo. And if you want to find out more about the film and Jay Silverman, it is up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Jay Silverman. Hi, Jay. How are you? Good. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for calling in today. I know it's a holiday for a lot of folks, and uh, but I, I loved your film, and I wanted to have you on. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be on on Memorial Day. Thank you. Tell, <laughs> tell me about the backstory of why this film was important to you to make. Well, when I set out to develop a feature film, um, an independent feature film, I, you know, I was encouraged by my business manager, Harold, to um, really dedicate myself to doing something personal mm-hmm. that I could relate to. And I had done a TV show called The Cleaner on A&E with Benjamin right. Bratt, and that was arrived specifically out of personal experience. And then I had this horrific experience with my daughter, who at 14 was cyberbullied and engaged in some activities that were just beyond anything I could prepare myself for. Awful. Hence, hence those experiences translated into an opportunity to turn my horror into something that could help other people. Yes. Oh, and so when did you start doing this film? I mean, was it, um, did you kick it in right away, or did, was it over time? It was over time. Um, when my daughter was 14, we had to uh, tragically take her to a, a uh, wilderness program and help her try to ground herself with whether it be alcohol and substance issues or declining uh, attendance at school, mm-hmm. and to later find out that she was, uh, you know, being cyberbullied and and also engaged in in uh, sexual trauma. Um, I went with my wife and we engaged in trying to, um, I guess, be her biggest advocate and part of the program that we went to in uh, a company called Pacific Quest was included the parents in, in her rehabilitation. So mm-hmm. the movie's kind of a, a, a demonstration of what happens to parents and what happens to children in a and in a, you know, what seems to be a hopeless scenario into something very positive and something uh, somewhat um, uh, miraculous. Yeah. And it's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say it's so relatable because of how powerful social media is today and how, you know, kids, they just, they reveal so much or they make mistakes or they give personal information, or et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's so relevant. It's it's really fascinating, uh, Janine. Today I'm listening to NPR, and they're you're dedicating the whole show to post-traumatic stress in mm-hmm. tribute to the veterans that are suffering from post-traumatic stress. And normally when you hear psychologists talk about post-traumatic stress, they typically include vets um, to the trauma that children and adults typically have, you know, whether it be rape, or war, mm-hmm. they still go through the same type of trauma. Right. And um, 
and connected to it is shame and connected to it is, is, you know, what do you do for them? Right. And, um, you know, the, one of the biggest things that I tried to do when I made this movie was communicate what I had no idea even existed was a place that children could get help. Mm-hmm. And that was my, you know, my epiphany was realizing that my daughter was getting help that most kids didn't even know existed. And it's, that, an, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said it's the, in the, that specifically related to wilderness help and also a therapeutic boarding school that utilized um, working with um, therapists, you know, multiple times a week in addition to equine therapy and art therapy. These things combined helped my daughter, I think, achieve something that I'm not sure she would have achieved I'm not even sure she'd even be with us today if she would have continued down the path she was going. And what's amazing uh, is for you as a parent, I mean, you didn't just choose some traditional place they're going to go talk to some psychiatrist. You chose a place that really they could work out so many issues, and it was a diversion. And it, I mean, there's so many healing possibilities when you take them to a place like that, I can imagine. Well, you know, it's interesting. Whenever I do these uh, conversations about my movie, I always mention what's going on in Europe, mm-hmm. in Japan, and China. Uh, right now, the, the cyber, um, not bullying as much as the, the addiction to the cell phone and addiction to their computers is so severe that they now, uh, you know, have these programs where the children and the parents are taken away and uh, and. Uh, the tools are removed from them for a period of, of time so they can actually start to recognize what life is really about. Yes. And, and these particular stories, which are absolutely fascinating to me, unlike my movie, you know, the, the children are wearing diapers all day, so they never have to leave their, their technology. Mm. Unlike my movie, that's not at all related to my movie, but it is related to the fact that technology was something that didn't exist during my generation at the level that it's at. Yes. And and certainly I wasn't prepared for this. Of course. Um, and what and what the movie depicts is you know is they take away everything. There's no cell phones. There's no telephones. There's no television. Mm-hmm. And there's no um, uh, you know computers. And it basically brings you back down to the basics and helps the children recognize really who they are and yes. you know what potentials they have. And I'm sure how to communicate with other people again. Big time. Yeah, Big time. because we're, we get so wrapped up in everything. It's all about texting and liking pictures and acceptance, and that's not the way to communicate. You know, it's interesting. Um, of course, I, I mentioned uh, that the movie is, is uh, loosely based on what happened to my daughter, so it, mm-hmm. it includes the storyline of what happened to myself and my wife. Mm-hmm. And it's a drama. This is not a documentary. Right. And what was important for me to depict was, you know, just how the shame affects both the child as well as the family. Mm-hmm. Because when we chose to send our daughter away, of course, everybody said we were failing as parents. Really? And, oh, yeah. That was one of the most tragic aspects from my standpoint was people in my own family, you know, were judging me. And, you know, oh, I guess he, he couldn't handle managing his own daughter. That's terrible. And, yeah, that is terrible. And, and that kind of shame is, is you know, something that we you know, try to depict in the movie and show that those very people, you know, I think were not only naive, but 
a movie like this helps people understand what people are going through that are mm-hmm. going through scenarios unlike what I did. I believe that sometimes you need somebody that is not subjective in the situation to help that family member because they're they're not as close as you are. So having your daughter go to somebody else and work out issues then you know what I mean? I mean it's um it's too close to home if you're trying to help her. Yeah, I'm not sure that any parent has the tools to overcome the challenges of new technology yeah. and, and how deep and uh, burdensome they are um, without, you know, essentially stopping what they're doing in their lives, stopping what their child's doing in their lives, moving to, you know, a, a, a location that has no distractions and literally starting at ground zero. And that's basically what they did with my daughter. How, how long was she there for? The program that she went to first was called Pacific Quest, and it's a wilderness program in Hawaii Mm -hmm. that uh, essentially features uh, the therapeutic remedy of the garden. And what they do is it's a holistic uh, program that teaches the child how to survive and self-sustain by growing their own food. And, uh, you know, it's a horticultural therapy is what it's called. Okay. She did that for three months, and then after that, they told us that we definitely should not send her home because ultimately she was going to go right back with the same group of friends she was with previously, and and all of this would be for naught. Okay. So we ended up sending her to a place in Utah that they recommended called Uinta Academy, mm-hmm. and that um, facility was a girls' school, you know, that had an academic program as well as a significant therapeutic program to help her actually, you know, understand and solve some of the deep-rooted issues that, you know, were equated with drugs and alcohol and, uh, and the trauma. Was she, when she first went in, was she angry being sent away and then that turned around, or was she okay with going away? You know, we were lucky. My older daughter was a huge supporter, as well as my wife, with mm-hmm. trying to get my daughter to go without being forced. Yes, and Great. we were able to do that, and thank God my wife was able to travel with her to uh, to take her there. I, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones because my daughter actually was convinced by her sister and my wife to, to recognize, you know, that her life really was not propelling in a positive direction. Yes, yes, and when you were I mean, like, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's a crazy thing to hear your your stepmother look you straight in the eye and say, you know, a 14-year-old's not supposed to have a life like this. You know, you're supposed to have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And and when you see the pain and the suffering that a child is enduring, you know, when they're unable to cope, um, it's just it's tragic. Yeah, it rips your heart right. out. Yeah. Were you allowed to see her at any point, or they really wanted all the parents not to be there? <laughs> In the program in Hawaii, we were not allowed to see her for uh, 60 days. Mm-hmm. And that was, wow. we, uh, after, I think, after I think 30 days, we were able to make phone conversations. And after 60, we were able to actually um, engage in uh, a visit because we went there for her graduation. But That's great. It's, um, it's pretty traumatic to recognize the, 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 the process in which you need to go through in order to get the child to really understand and recognize, you know, that uh, they're there to help, not there to, you know, this is not supposed to be a prison. This is supposed to be a place where they actually could 
could repel back into life. And how is she doing now? She's doing phenomenal. She's now going to school in San Francisco and uh, studying art. She's almost 19, and she went through this experience when she was 14. Mm. Which is so young. It's unbelievable. And and I just, since I'm such an advocate now on the subject, I just uh, um, found out about a young lady who was 12 years old who just went. 12 years old? I mean, I want to share a story with your audience because I think this is a pretty traumatic. Is I became please. an advocate for both schools, and one day I got a call from a man in um, another state, and he was really, really, really um, going through the same tragedy that I was going through. His daughter was uh, excessively on the Internet, excessively taking um, missing school and showing up late, and and I guess drugs and alcohol were connected to that. And she was 17 and a half. And, of course, mm. you know, the, when your child turns 18, you really have very few options unless the child agrees to them. Yes. And in his particular case, you know, the tragedy was he was unable to do what I did, which is make probably the hardest decision I've ever made in my life, and that is send my daughter away to get help. And... In, I hadn't heard from him in uh, 30 days, and I called him, and I you know, found out that his daughter had hung herself in the... In <gasps> oh, jeez. And when I found that out, you know, not only was it traumatizing to me to hear, but it's just such a, such a sad scenario because of the circumstances in which he really did have options that he couldn't bring himself to do. Right. And in his in his particular case, you know, I don't know the details except for I do know that um, he 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 had run out of time. You mm-hmm. know? And you know, children aren't dumb. You know, they know that when they turn eighteen, they can make their own decisions. That's right. That's right. Well, I think it's incredible. You just said, "I'm not going to listen to what anybody says. I'm going to do what I know is right as a parent." Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the that that's one of the hardest challenges for a non. Biological child, uh, family member to understand because mm-hmm. when you have to make a decision that you're simply not fit to do, right. it's it's just beyond words. And I have three daughters, and of course, you know, this is the only one that I had this issue with. And mm-hmm. ultimately, as I engaged in trying to strategize how I could get through this, you know, the more I realized how important it was that I do it. Yes. That what what an unbelievable way to really document and help other people by producing a film like this. You know what I I appreciate what you're saying. I, I want to give you a couple um, um, really cool things that has happened Please. with the yes. movie since since the movie has been screening at film festivals. Um, number one, you know when we scream at film festivals, typically you know you get just an enormous amount of input because you have what they call you know, Q&As with the filmmaker after each screening. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's absolutely miraculous um, the kind of uh, questions and participation I get from young people during my films because the, virtually all of them say, either I know somebody that's lo- like the person on the screen or that was me. And wow. that in itself was pretty jarring. Yes. In addition, having a, a young man come up to me after a screening and saying, you know, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to send one of your DVDs to my parents and let them know that I now, for the first time, can understand what they went through 
Oh, when I did bad. all that horrible shit. Yeah, know? yeah. And, you know, that, that, that those are little benefits that I had never anticipated. Mm-hmm. Of course. So, I mean, I never went out to make this movie as a as a as a vehicle to promote no, anything. No, no, no. I just I just went out to make a movie to tell my story, and yes. you know, it's kind of like watching a film and seeing something that motivates you to all of a sudden you know enjoy yoga, yes, you know, or to eat better, yes. or to you know not want to repeat the same things the character did in the movie. Right. You know, for me, this was a cathartic uh, experience for both my daughter and myself to write a movie mm-hmm. that um, um, was truthful and at the same time, I think, you know, with a positive ending. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I do want to touch on, as you know, I had Taylor Spreitler on several weeks ago. What was it like casting? Because this is so close to home for you. What, what was the process like to find, you know, the actress to portray your daughter? You know, it's very interesting. Num- number one, uh, Taylor Spreitler is you know, a jewel in the rough. She's going to, I think she's just extraordinary. As a matter of fact, she just won Best Actress at uh, in um, the Independent uh, Filmmaker Showcase as, you know, it's just an extraordinary performance by her. Mm-hmm. We we had to, we had a couple of uh, criteria that were mandated in making an independent movie. Number one, we, we couldn't work with someone under 18 for a multitude of reasons. One, the biggest reason being the fact that you can you can only work for a certain amount of hours a day mm-hmm. if they're under 18. So we had to cast somebody that looked under 18 but had the skill set to be able to, you know, portray the act, the character that we wanted. Yes. In her in her particular case, she has she's been on a TV show called I think Melissa Loves Joey. That's right. On on the Family Channel and. She had her chops, you know, she's made 100 episodes of that show. Uh, this, this child, yeah. actor, uh, professional now, is, is just super extraordinary. I would never uh, have imagined um, the skill that she had to stay in character while simultaneously uh, making her TV show every day. Right, It was right. Pretty, pretty extraordinary. She does portray an unbelievable performance, really, I mean, she's just captivating, yes. And then the other cast members, how did you find them? Well, it's interesting. When you make an independent movie, you typically send a script out to um, um, casting agents. And in this particular case, uh, the original writer of the movie wrote a movie called Blue Valentine. And that attracted a lot of interest. And, of course, when people see something that interests them and then read it, uh, and it's something close to their heart, like it was with Elizabeth Pena, and it was as well with um, Mackenzie Phillips. Both these actors submitted uh, interest to me mm-hmm. uh, about the project, and that that was really thrilling because along with them came Peter Coyote and um, Gil Bellows, and you know it just became a full cast of really top-notch professionals. So I was very fortunate. No, it's a great cast. If people want to see this film, is it going to be screening any other location? Well, it's believe it or not, on Memorial Day, it's screening tonight at 9.30 at the Music Box in Beverly Hills okay. as, as one of the feature um, independent filmmaker showcase. Great. It's, it's, it's also um, you know, going to be playing at many uh, other festivals in, in the future, okay. in the near future. Um, if people take an interest in the subject, they can go to the website, if I can mention that. Yeah, please right? do. I was going to ask you. 
Sure, girlontheedgethemovie.com. Okay, and I have the trailer on my blog at thefunkoutshow.kc.org. Terrific. Any other? I mean, it sounds, I've been making this sound very scientific. I I really didn't intend to. No, no, not at all. Not at all. This was a labor of love. (laughs) Absolutely. And and, and there's nothing like uh, getting validated at these film festivals. We've won six film festivals now as uh, both audience awards as well as narrative features. And I, I guess we did something right because people are awarding us for, for the message that it's delivering. Well, it really hits home with a lot of people, unfortunately. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I have a picture of you at the uh, Houston Film Festival with your award in your hand oh. on my blog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. That was great. I loved it. And um, any last bit of advice uh, for people that, you know, are going through a tough time? They're in a funk because the theme of the show is Get the Funk Out? You know what? I, I, here's my advice. Number one, I believe that uh, my statement about being shamed is probably the most relatable to anybody you know, listening in your audience. The mm-hmm. pain that you have to see uh, a child of yours or a friend of yours you know, incapable of being able to straighten their life out and tools being available that you don't even know exist uh, that is the message of my film because I believe that it's like this morning. I went in for, um, I, I do Pilates three times a week, and I finally, for some reason, isolated a problem in my hip. And she spent the whole day working on the hip, oh, the no. whole hour working on the hip. All of a sudden, I, I feel like a different person. That's great. As crazy as that sounds, she can't read my mind. Right. And I felt the same kind of connectivity to the subject matter of my movie because. You know, if you're sitting there and you have a child that's 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 desperately in need of of, of attention that you don't have the capability for, right. you know, it just breaks my heart that you know, especially with the technology that's available on a positive note, to 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 seek some kind of intervention to mm-hmm. help your child. Um, and as a matter of fact, I, I'd like to say that. My movie has played, I think, about 20 times for a nonprofit charity. Okay. And the charity that we play for has made thousands and thousands of dollars that help young people um, uh, actually receive the care that my daughter got if they don't have the capabilities financially to do so. That's great, Jim. And that's probably the most gratifying aspect of this whole thing. Yes, yes. You know, I almost think that more uh, kids should see this film, you know, in, in schools. You know, it's really interesting you bring, bring that up. Um, probably we, we played at the Sedona Film Festival, and one of the criteria was we could have, uh, the film festival could have the biggest theater in town if they, if they gave free tickets to the high schools, okay? Perfect. <laughs> and Perfect. we had an audience of about 800 kids um, initially being forced to watch movies, you know, in, in lieu of, um, of, of going to uh, a class. Mm-hmm. And apparently my movie got the most conversations going because of the fact that it's something everyone in the audience could relate to. Yes. Extremely. That makes me feel good. Well, it's very relevant, which, which is amazing. So, and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today to call in. I know it is oh, a holiday. It's my pleasure. So it's people, my pleasure. If people want more information about you, where should they go? Well, they could go to girlontheedgethemovie.com okay. or jsilverman.com. Um, the girlontheedgethemovie.com has a, uh, a remarkable um, 
some remarkable website, both of my trailer and the and the cast, but it also has a tool in um, w- within the within the metrics of the of the website mm-hmm. called uh, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's 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 the charities that are involved, and you'll you'll be able to see if you go to that link. Um, why it's important and why I believe uh, this movie will help people That's in ways that I hadn't even imagined. That's so. fantastic. Thank you so much for calling in. And My if, pleasure. For any of you who've missed part of the show, I will have it up on my blog within a couple hours after we wrap. So have a great holiday, and uh, I look Thank forward you. to talking to you again. Thanks for having me on. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks, Happy Steve. holidays. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. That was Jay Silverman calling in to talk about his award-winning film, Girl on the Edge. Again, if you missed any part of it, you can visit the website. And uh, all the information is up on my blog. So the website, again, is girlontheedgethemovie.com, or you can visit my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. So that's a wrap for me. And I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Again, wishing you a beautiful Memorial Day. Thank you for all you do, because without the brave, we wouldn't be free. And uh, up next, Sheldon Abbott, Cure for the Blues.